0: Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in-depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more, discussing important topics in higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith, and today we're pleased to have Jeremy Everett back on the program. Jeremy serves as Executive Director of the Baylor Collaborative on Hunger and Poverty, which advances multidisciplinary and multi-sector approaches to ending hunger. B-Chip, as we call it for short, provides leadership across private and public sectors to facilitate approaches to end food insecurity with programs like Meals to You, scaling to address food needs across the nation. Jeremy Everett founded B-Chip as the Texas Hunger Initiative and is the author of the 2019 book, I Was Hungry, Cultivating Common Good to End an American Crisis. Uh, so many different things you're doing. It's impossible to summarize uh, them all, you and your team, but we're excited to dive into that here over the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, Jeremy, happy holidays to you. Uh late merry christmas and happy new year and thanks for joining us today. Uh thanks
1: Derek. It's always a pleasure to be able to join you and the KWBU team. Yeah.
0: Well, we're excited to talk about the great work that uh that you're doing which you know, we've talked about for a long time and 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 seen it grow and you know, here we are on the cusp of 2023. So, let's ask you about this past year, you know, just start off every year brings new opportunities. And new challenge it challenges in the work that you're in. So this is a broad question to start off. But as you look back at uh, the past year at the Baylor Collaborative on Hunger and Poverty, what are some of the moments that are going to to stand out as distinct?
1: Yeah, you know that's a great question. Yeah, I would say the the most distinctive thing is for us as an organization, you know, we're, we're about to turn 14 years old, uh, wow. which is hard to believe that that uh, that we've been we've been at it for 14 years. And so it's been a natural time for us coming out of the pandemic to be reflective and say, OK, what are we doing well? Uh, what's been working well? And then what can we do to improve access to food, to families, whether that's in the United States or around the world? And so we, we've seen a significant shift um, in our work to having a more global presence and then really trying to capitalize on the fact that we have 24,000 organizational partners on the ground in the U.S., um, and then organizations that represent 50 million people in 123 countries now around the world, and so, so it's it's uh, for us, you know, and as a university, achieving R1 status has really been uh, a, a tremendous feat. So, so leaning into those partnerships, leveraging our research capability, all to try to impact uh, people's access to food, uh, so that they can live an active, healthy lifestyle.
0: Well, you know, Jeremy, we've known about you here for a long time, but it seemed like during the pandemic, at least, you know, from a media standpoint and a coverage standpoint, a lot more people did with with meals to you. And that's just one example of ways that your work has grown, your scale has grown, your team continues to grow. Yeah, How is that expansion? You mentioned you're looking more globally now. How does that fuel new opportunities to lead and serve? And how do you uh, determine what the right courses are when you probably have way more options than you used to?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I would say, uh, well, first of all, you know, Meals to You program, I think, surprised us all in in many respects. You know, it was uh, uh, in 2019, it was our smallest program of 19 projects that we were currently testing out. Uh, As you mentioned earlier, our job is to cultivate scalable solutions in hunger. And, And so we are always looking for, you know, what are we testing out in McAllen that can also work in Lubbock or Dallas that we could transition to Des Moines or Washington, D.C.? Uh, or even around the, or even around the globe. And and uh, and so, you know, we approach everything that we do with a three pronged approach. So, so, you know, we want to make sure that we're combining research with practice or proximity um, and transitioning all of that to strengthen public policy. Um, as relates to you know, practice, we we oftentimes quote Brian Stevenson, the author of Just Mercy, who says you can't solve a social problem from a distance. You have to have proximity to the problem. And so, as you know, we've been committed to having field offices around the state of Texas uh, working with our organizational partners around, around the U.S. and around the globe so that we can see what's happening on a day-to-day basis and then take that and, and combine that with our researchers. We have about 55 research fellows now who work with us, wow. um, and those researchers are evaluating and doing randomized controlled trials. They're, they're really trying to tease out what, is that, what exactly is the problem of food insecurity whether that be in Texas or around the world, and uh, when we combine those two, uh, when we combine proximity uh, with research, we're more likely to develop solutions that that work, and uh, as opposed to uninformed uh, innovation. <laughs> and so, uh, we're, we're we're grateful to have a, a neat team. What what happened with Meals to You is interesting. Is that so? Uh, I had served on a congressional commission from 2014 to 2016. I was a ten-member bipartisan commission. We traveled uh, around the around the country to hear directly from people that were food insecure, uh, meet with organizations that were addressing the issue, and ultimately report back to Congress and uh, then President Obama and uh, Secretary Vilsack on on ways that we could improve food security in the U.S. One of the things that we identified is that what worked in urban America didn't translate to rural America, uh, and 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 so we launched in partnership with the following administration. This uh, this Meals to You project where essentially when kids get out of school during the summer months, if they don't have access uh, uh, to a USDA summer meal site, many of the children who are in high poverty households may not have consistent access to food. So we see childhood food insecurity or child hunger spike in the summer months, particularly in rural America, because they don't kids don't have access to grocery stores or nonprofits that are providing those summer meal programs. So we decided if we couldn't get the kids to the meal programs, we had to get the meal programs to the kids. And so we partnered with McLean Global, uh, uh, Denton McLean, a Baylor alumni, uh, to pilot an intervention for 20 school districts in East and West Texas for 4,000 children over a 10-week period where we mailed them a box of food, essentially a week's worth of USDA food uh, uh, every week over that 10-week period. Uh, And so each box would have five breakfasts, five lunches and five snacks. And so we ended up serving 500,000 meals and snacks to kids in the summer of 2019 program worked great. It showed uh, our researchers showed that it had three times the positive impact of the national school lunch program on addressing child food insecurity when the national school lunch program is the gold standard. So that was uh, uh, that was the smallest program that we were working working on at the time. Uh, little did we know what was in store for us the following year.
0: Probably, probably the answer to this question is enough, uh, enough things that we could take up the whole program, but I'll ask you, what did you learn from ramping up a program like that, that as you said, was the smallest to the ne- smallest of your 19 to the next thing, you know, you're being relied on by the USDA to uh, make a big dent during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I mean, again, you know, our, our job is to cultivate scalable solutions to end hunger. And so each year I have the privilege of probably visiting in some years, hundreds uh, of organizations that are on the ground doing meaningful work. And oftentimes you might see a given project that's happening on the ground that is incredibly meaningful, but might be specific to the location or specific to the individuals who have put it together. And while I think that is amazing and we need that ultimately if we're going to end hunger, we need those contextualized solutions. Uh, but for us as an organization, our job is to cultivate scale and uh, and to really use that research proximity and, and policy uh, pronged approach, you know, to, to actually address this in a comprehensive way. So uh, what happened for us with the Meals to You program is I happened to be in D.C. during the spring break week of, of March 20th. Uh, uh, 2020, and I got a phone call from uh, the Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue's office, and they asked me to come over to his office, the Whitten Building, right there on the Mall, uh, just down from the Capitol, uh, right there, kind of on the row of of Smithsonian buildings in DC, and uh, and so you know that 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 is not a usual occurrence. I want to say for, for a Secretary to call and, and and require you to come over immediately. I didn't know what had happened, and so when I got over there, his undersecretary, a guy named Brandon Lips, who was just a tremendous uh, individual, Texan, uh, 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 said uh, was there to meet me, and he said, "Jeremy, uh, schools are about to shut down nationwide because of the pandemic, and uh, and we don't have a plan uh, or a program to get food to children in rural America." Uh, when, when urban and suburban schools shut down, we're going to set up curbside meal programs. And so we got a pretty good idea on how we're going to do that, but we don't have an option for kids in rural America. And he said, is there any way you can scale up meals to you to go nationwide? <clears throat> you know, honestly, you know, uh, between you and I and, and maybe the listeners, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. uh, my, uh, my staff wasn't with me. So I was like, yeah, sure. We can do it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Uh, um, initially, he thought, you know, we might go from 4,000 kids to 25,000 kids. Uh, by the end of the day, I get another phone call in my hotel room, said it looks like it's going to be 50,000 kids. By the end of the week, it looked like it was going to be 150,000 kids. <clears throat> and then ultimately, it was 270,000 kids that signed up for the program. Uh, and these are children that live in America's most remote areas. We literally had kids Uh, children in uh, remote Alaska, uh, one of the superintendents called me and said, we are 300 miles from the nearest road system. Um, And so we had to take uh, seaplanes, helicopters. Uh, I even heard stories of dog sled teams taking boxes of food uh, directly to children in these remote areas. The Havasu tribal community in the bottom of the Grand Canyon received boxes of food via mule teams. Um, And then UPS drivers and USPS drivers uh, did it everywhere else. And so we recruited a couple of companies to join McLean Global. Uh, Chartwells, which is the nation's largest school food provider, and PepsiCo has a social enterprise arm called Food for Good, led by a guy named Matt Smith. And uh, just amazing, talented individuals, all who feel uh, compelled to end hunger and to use their capabilities to do so. So we ended up serving 40 million meals, uh, during the shutdown, uh, that that following summer to children in 43 states plus Puerto Rico. So, uh, didn't didn't see that coming uh, when we initially had the vision for meals to you, and so it quickly became the largest thing that we'd ever done, which was uh, a real tremendous feat uh, for for our team members. Uh, we had staff that were working 100 hour work weeks for months on end to be able to pull that thing together, and so very grateful for them um, to, to for the work that they did.
0: This is Baylor Connections. We are visiting with Jeremy Everett, Executive Director of the Baylor Collaborative on Hunger and Poverty. And Jeremy, you talked earlier about one of the uh, prongs as you talk about proximity research and policy. Let's talk about research uh, for a little bit because that's an area that has uh, grown uh, pretty uh, pretty steadily in recent years uh, within in BeeChip. Where are some places we might find beach chip researchers gathering information and, you know, how does that support what you do? How do you, you use it? Is it qualitative, quantitative, all of the above? What what does that look like?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, uh, uh, it looks like me having to hire people that are a lot smarter than I am. I think, <laughs> uh, you know, I think we can all be grateful, uh, that we have some brilliant researchers that can, that can, uh, uh, somehow communicate to me what they are up to on a daily basis. We just had the privilege this past year uh, of partnering with Jim and Tammy Snee. Uh, uh, Jim is the CEO of Hormel uh, Company, and uh, and they've now got a Baylor connection, uh, Baylor student. We were able to partner with them to develop an endowed chair and recruit uh, Dr. Craig Gunderson, uh, who is the nation's leading food security researcher, to Baylor. He is now an economist at the Baylor Collaborative and uh, uh, and in the economics department at our business school, and just a huge uh, win for us as an organization. He and our researchers have research happening in every county in the United States right now, uh, which is wow. just remarkable. And uh, and so what they do is they help us paint a picture. They help us through qualitative research, listening directly to individuals who are experiencing food insecurity and and help us better understand of of what the plight of food insecurity looks like in 2022 uh, um, in the United States, they do quantitative research. And so they're looking at, you know, what what is scalable impact? What's working? That Meals to You program that we we just referenced had six different teams of faculty doing research. Everything from uh, a programmatic evaluation, was the program efficient and effective, Um, looking at it from a food security standpoint, did it have an impact on food insecurity? Certainly it did. Looking at it from a nutrition standpoint, did it have nutritional, of a positive nutritional impact on children who participated in the program? So really even looking at it from a supply chain logistics standpoint. So really looking at every intervention that we do with kind of this 360 view so that we can see what's working and needs to be scaled versus what is not working and uh and, and and may need to be shelved.
0: Well that's exciting you know the the sneech here we had the chance to visit with Dr uh Dr Gunderson for for Baylor magazine a while back and just a, a fascinating guy who obviously his passion for his work comes through talking to him and I know he's not the only one there you've got a uh, you've got a, a whole team how, how does that team approach support uh, really his work but well, not just his work but everyone's work there at beach Well
1: you know I think first and foremost when you meet when you meet Craig uh or Dr Gunderson you know, you, you realize very quickly he's, he's a, he's an economist that could have done anything, uh, with, with his career. He's a brilliant individual, certainly a very passionate individual, but he, like our other colleagues are animated by faith. So it's like, why, why do, why are, why are we growing, uh, a conglomeration of faculty and staff and students who are beginning to migrate to Baylor university, uh, to address food insecurity. We're not an ag university, you know, uh, uh, we're pro Ecclesia, pro Texano. How, how does this fit? And it fits because we're animated by our faith perspective. You know, you, you can't. Uh, uh, you know, hunger is one of those frequent, uh, frequently discussed issues that we are supposed to address as people of faith all throughout Scripture. I mean, it's 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 a part of who we are as, as a Christian community, and so many of our researchers are compelled to do the work that they do because of their faith perspective, and certainly Dr. Gunderson is one of those individuals. And, and, uh, and so I think that's one of the reasons that we see uh, the passion for innovation and the passion for top-notch research um, that, that at the Baylor Collaborative is because people are compelled by their faith and they know that their work is gonna have a direct impact on accessibility for, for, uh, for, to food for a child, whether they be in, in remote Guatemala or remote Alaska, or an older adult who's living in in Kansas, that they're all going to be impacted by the work that they're doing on a daily basis. And so it's a tremendous, uh, it's really been a
0: pleasure just to be able to be a part
1: of um, and, and be a witness to.
0: Visiting with Jeremy Everett here on Baylor Connections and Jeremy, we've talked a little bit about proximity and research Let's talk a little bit about, about policy, and, you know, there's a number of different threads you can be a part of, whether it's your work with the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health, um, whether it's advocates and, and staff members here in Waco. What, what does your approach at Beechip look like when it comes to policy?
1: We really take a shared power approach, and what that means is that uh, uh, we, we don't really believe that one party has the opportunity to, to, in, to you know, essentially to, to promote sustainable social change. Uh, Because as we've seen, you know, if one party moves forward with one particular political agenda, the other party is going to spend the better part of the next decade trying to undo it. And so everything that we do, we try to do in a bipartisan capacity. So just like we try to have a multi-sectoral interventions on the local level, getting the business sector, working with government and nonprofits and faith communities, we try to do the same thing when we're working in Washington, D.C. or Austin, Texas. And that is uh, we want both sides of the aisle to be represented. T- uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, I head to Washington D.C., uh, where I'll end up uh, testifying before the Senate Committee on Aging on Thursday, and and so all to that end, you know. So, how can we work together? How can we see Republicans and Democrats work together to try to address hunger for our growing elderly adult population around the U.S. Um, and for people who live with a disability in the household? So. Those are the things that we try to do. So we, so everything that we do, we're, we're working with both sides of the aisle. Um, as you probably have heard before, you know the thing about bridge builders is you get walked on by both sides. So I think sometimes, uh, you know, it's 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 a good idea in theory, and in practice, sometimes it can be painful. But uh, Baylor came up with this language maybe a decade ago when we had when we launched Profutura. This idea of informed engagement. And that's really what we try to do on on a policy level is we want our elected officials to have access to current and relevant research. Uh, We want them to know what's working on the ground and what we believe can be scaled so that as they debate policy, they will have that in mind so that they know what they can do to make the most difference uh, for people who are in food insecure households in the United States, whether the Republicans or Democrats, that doesn't matter to us. Uh, You know, well It doesn't, uh, you know, I, I, I do believe that, uh, you know, we're all called to address this issue. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what what party we ascribe
0: to. Well, that that's exciting. It's exciting to see more opportunities like that come along. And frankly, Jeremy, we could talk a lot longer about these opportunities, but I know we're winding down on the program here. So a, as we do, I'm just curious, you know, looking ahead to 2023 here, what, what are you excited about? What uh, most uh, animates or motivates you and your team as you look at the new year? You know, I, I think uh, um, I'm excited about,
1: so we're going through a strategic planning uh, 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 process right now and, and looking to 2030. Uh, the UN has sustainable, uh, sustainable development goals that are targeted in 2030. The White House um, wanted us to start kind of looking to 2030. We were already in that process um, to say, what, what do we want to do in 2030? I think the first 14 years for us has largely been about proving the concept. Uh, can, can you build multi-sectoral collaboration? Can you get people to work together to address this issue in a comprehensive way on a local, state, and federal level, and even on a global level? Um, and I think, I think we know now, yes. And so I see the next seven years being all about the Baylor family. I think the only way that we possibly, uh, you know, really significantly move the needle is to unleash our faculty um, to do the research that they have the capability of doing, and leveraging our partnerships, we now have partnerships with UN agencies like the Food and Agriculture Organization, the World Food Program, uh, in, in the United States USAID, uh, USDA, all kinds of big, uh, you know, uh, multinational uh, organ- uh, companies that, that that we can leverage, and to turn those loose, or to turn our faculty loose. Um, on them to be able to see how we can bend the needle towards justice, I think is something that we'll see doing, but really unleashing our students and our alumni. Uh, they, They have a huge amount of influence and capability. I cannot wait to see our students take innovation to a level that we cannot possibly fathom. So it's all about the Baylor family, I feel like, for us as we look towards 2030.
0: Well, it's exciting to see the growth and uh, you are poised for what you describe. And you mentioned the Baylor family. If people would like to learn more, Baylor.edu slash hunger and poverty. You could Google Baylor Collaborative on hunger and poverty, but it's Baylor.edu slash hunger and poverty. Well, Jeremy, uh, Happy New Year to you and your team. We appreciate the work you do and appreciate you taking the time today to to share what's been going on over the last year and what's ahead. Well, it's always an honor and a gift to talk to you, Derek, and uh, and thank you for highlighting the work that we're up to. Well, thank you very much, I appreciate that, Jeremy. Jeremy Everett, Executive Director of the Baylor Collaborative on Hunger and Poverty, our guest today on Baylor Connections. I'm Derek Smith, a reminder, you can hear the ascent of the programs online, baylor.edu slash connections, and you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections.